0: It's time for building, building, the, game, the, building the, game, the game with Jason, with Jason and friends. friends. Tabletop game building is the fun with, friends, friends. with Jason and friends. It's at the end of the episode that's when
1: it technically ends.
0: Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, July 10th, and you're listening to episode 580. As always, I am your host, Jason. Here today, joined by game di- g- game designer. Publisher, and that is Kirsten Lund, all the way from New Zealand. How's it going?
1: It's great. I'm so excited to be talking to you.
0: That's so great to have you here. We uh, we met recently in the Discord. Um, so, how did you find the Discord? Was it uh, was it Heather?
1: Uh, it was at Protospiel Online. I think it was Heather. But there's so many awesome people. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, was people, all my online, people are here."
0: If it was Spiel online, then by yeah. default, by default, it was Heather. So, many <laughs> times it is Heather. She is amazing at bringing people in. She's like one of our best podcast evangelists that we have.
1: Yes, yes. And I'm so I was so excited because as soon as I got here and saw how many people were in the channel, but I'm like, "Oh, friends." Yeah,
0: yep. <laughs> yep. All people from Spiel online uh, which I've only ever made it to one and only to do a coffee talk, I've yet to be able to actually go to one and do it. And it's on my list. I want to super bad. I just haven't had a chance.
1: So it's a great time. Um,
0: yeah, so you uh tell me a little bit about like for the for the listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, your game design, your designing games, your publishing games, which we will talk a lot about that in a, in a minute here. But tell me tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh
1: in outside of board games?
0: Um, both (laughs) uh, yeah whatever whatever you want to talk about
1: (laughs) no that's great um i I, um you can tell probably by my accent that i'm an american but i'm actually talking to you from new zealand so that's probably one of the more exciting things about me is that i'm an expat living in new zealand with my husband who was born in um in dunedin on the south island of new zealand so he's officially a kiwi uh, which makes our, our kids Kiwis as well. Um, they were Insta Kiwis as soon as we got here because they realized you don't have to wear shoes around here. And they thought that was phenomenal. So I'm I'm lucky if when they come home, they've got both shoes that they left with still in their backpack because they're not right, right. wearing them. <laughs> so I have the two little ones. I have a grown daughter who's in Virginia um, in the States, and I'm mm-hmm. going to get to go to her wedding this year. Um, but my game connections, well, I've board game my whole life. I, I was playing card games with my mom from as far back as I can remember. Uh, mm-hmm. So we still play Cribbage. My husband and I play Cribbage still. Uh, that's that's one that's lasted forever. Um, and then played just regular board games, uh, ter- you know, terrible ones from... <laughs> from i'm old the 70s and the 80s i'm like yep,
0: yep i know the really feeling
1: really bad uh branded board games happy days the terrible role in <laughs> board game um <laughs> uh, but yeah i've uh con- i continued playing my mom and aunt and i used to do a girls weekend uh we did that for i think 10 or 11 years where we'd just take board games and wine and and play board games together uh and i always was the rules teacher so i've been doing board playing board games for a long long time but my husband yeah, got into um forbidden uh, island with our gateway drug into yeah, the modern yeah, yeah. hobby. <laughs> so we got into the modern hobby and have been just loving it ever since. Um yeah, so that's that's awesome. Kind of where all that background is.
0: Right. I see on your shelf behind you I'm I'm looking at your games and yeah. uh, I see a game on the shelf that I've never seen on another game shelf except for mine. Uh and that it's is amazing. Beyond Boulder Dash oh Um, that one (laughs) uh like that is like i grew up playing boulder dash um with my family so yeah i have a lot of good memories that is a game for anybody who's never played it or heard of it where you are basically you're lying uh to try to you're you're uh defining words you're doing different things talking about movies all Mm -hmm. sorts of things to get people to believe uh that you are uh that you're the correct person and uh it's it is hilarious i i still have memories of super stupid things that people have told uh you know like that we've told um yeah over the years that we still laugh about so um yeah (laughs) that reminds me of that and i love it
1: i'm excited to have you say that because that's one of those ones where people go oh old old game must be bad game it's not It's so much fun
0: yeah i mean it is a party game now that i feel like it might not hit as well because I, I feel like in party games nowadays i don't want to say we've become lazy because we're not lazy but we're different right like i've actually heard publishers say like party games where you're forced to create content by writing something or are coming up with something off the top of your head is not gateway enough um because a game like boulder dash requires you to be imaginative and some people are just bad at the game and they very well may not enjoy the game because of that, right? So, um.
1: Possibly, yeah. but some of the real answers are so out there, I've found. Right, right. That if they right. just get over. The hurdle of thinking that they're not creative enough and say, say something wacky. It's fine. Say something that makes no sense. And it could, it could be believed because some of the ones that are in there are so unbelievable. It's true. But I see what the point is. I get I get the point, because you don't want people to feel badly about that pressure.
0: Right, but I I think that 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 game is fantastic. And, Me too. Uh, I just saw it recently on my shelf. I actually forgot I had it because we you know it's not a game we bust out very often. Just because it takes the right group of people that to really get it. But mm-hmm. it, uh, yeah, it's a good one.
1: You can tell um, that it's one that I really enjoy because it made the cut to New Zealand. <laughs> like there's,
0: right, there's not right, every game yeah, made the right. cut. <laughs> it's not cheap to take all those packages with you. So no, it was
1: not. It was um, not my i worked in a friendly local game store there and he said it's a shame that you can't take all your games with you and i and i said i'm quitting you're not the boss of me anymore you can't tell me what i can take and what i can't <laughs> <laughs> a good chunk of our shipment was board games but you know that's our that's our, that's our joy i respect
0: it yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i'm so really one quick question about new zealand i want to ask yeah. uh and it is a question asked by a dumb American uh, who's terrified of everything in Australia. In New Zealand, does does everything still want to kill you like it does in Australia, or are you Absolutely. far enough away that you you're you're good?
1: There is nothing here that wants to kill you.
0: That sounds great. There
1: are. Um, I think it's true that there are no natural predators. Um, they've been introduced, um, so it's yeah. There is nothing right, here right. that wants to kill you. The worst spider I think makes you sick. Um, and they're nice. and they're normal sized spiders. they are not terrifying yeah. Australian sized spiders you, spiders.
0: you got far enough away from Australia. I love it. I love it yeah, I mean the worst no thing snakes. you might encounter there is what like a ring wraith or something I guess <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: I went to problem. Hobbiton and encountered no ring wraiths whatsoever.
0: <laughs> I am like I, I am jealous that that could be just like a short trip for you like so many of us who like would want to check that out. it's like on the other side of the world and you're like, yeah, we'll just let's make a short trip out of it. it's great. <laughs>
1: You know, what's funny is I, I, I was kind of cynical. and jaded. I don't know why I'm not that as a person, but I thought, Oh, movie set, you know, it's mm-hmm. going to feel like a movie set. Yeah.
0: I've so, heard it doesn't though. Yeah. And
1: I'm and I guess maybe it's from my theater days that I was a theater person and like people uh-huh. would think a set was magical. And then you come up and you see it's flats and stuff like yeah, that. Right. Yeah. Yep. So maybe that's what it was. Cause I promise I'm not a cynical person. I'm really positive, but I got there and it was magical it was really That's what i've
0: heard yeah really i mean it's a, it's a place exciting. right like it's it was,
1: it was yeah. beautiful yeah. and it, they did such a good job um with the with the hobbit because they redid it for the hobbit and they really okay. built it stronger like the first go-round they didn't build it as as okay. much the last but because it had become a tourist thing he said Make it stronger this time. Make it make it built to last, and it's that's just awesome. it's just marvelous. Awesome. So sorry to say that when that's kind of rubbing it in. How huh? when you just said you're right, a little right. jealous. But.
0: I also want to point out that someone is. I'm going to cut you off before you can do this. Someone on our Discord. Yes, I did say. I mean, it's it's really a place. So, um, when I was trying to say that it was real and not just a set, <laughs> and someone's going to be like, "Oh, Jason, it's really a place." Um. So yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> I tend and to say things, and people like to make place. fun of me. So that's
1: fair. <laughs> Shame
0: well, hey, I want to talk to you about a game you uh, designed. Uh, and it's your first, it's it's probably not your first game you've designed, correct? Or is it your first game you've It
1: designed? was the first game I designed. It's not it as it was nice. in its first iteration, though. So of course, yes, yes, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> first game, not first version. But it is also yeah. the first game you are publishing. Yes. Um, and uh, it's called Ovation. Definitely. And it just looks delightful. Jamie and one of our co-hosts, they can't say enough good stuff about it. Uh, had the scheduling worked out, I would have absolutely invited them. But uh, the first time we tried to record, we had a whole problem with recording and my computer crashed. And um, yeah, yeah. And uh, so so we rescheduled it now. And uh, But yeah, I, they had so many nice things to say about it. And uh, I looked at it on the Kickstarter. It looks just beautiful and wonderful. Um oh, thank you. So you, could you tell us a little about it?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, well, I can tell you a little bit about the inception of it. Like my, my son yeah. my son was uh, homeschooling with me for a bit. And I always love to find games to teach with. And mm-hmm. so we were going to a rehearsal of the Denver Symphony, which they open up their rehearsals for um, educational purposes, which is fantastic. Awesome. And, uh, and I was so excited. I, well, I looked for a classical music game and I couldn't find anything. Now, there are some that have come out since because this has taken a long time. Right, But right, at right. the time, I just couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. And um, as a lifelong gamer, I went, why not? There should be. And <laughs> that was that was all it took. Right. So mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought of the um, the patronage system that existed where where artists were composers and other artists were beholden to the nobility and the wealthy Mm -hmm. who would hire them and contract them. And so they, and they had to do what the nobility wanted them to do and then struggled to also do what they wanted to do. And so I thought of that as sort of an interesting pull, right? It's a a Mm -hmm. decision point, a dilemma. And I thought, Oh, let's design something around that. Yeah. So uh, I, I went with an engine builder type theme with cards in a market. Mm-hmm. At the time when I first started, it wasn't as engine buildery as it is now. Uh, mm-hmm. is, that a, is that an adjective? We just made it one. <laughs> we
0: built the game into an engine about an engine building game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was just it was definitely cards in the market, and, and those have remained. Um, but uh, you do have we do have patrons in the game. So the way it's uh, evolved over time has been a lot of fun, and I've thrown in some things to the game that are. Um, Educational, but not needed, they're just there secondarily. So there's the mm-hmm. bios of the composers on the back and there's the flavor text. So you don't really need to know any of that stuff, but it can kind of get in there as you, as you, if you read and enjoy those things. Um, largely, it's largely language independent um, because there's a lot of uh, dependency on iconography. Um, so really, you can learn, but it's not critical to know music to start with. But I've got a little Easter eggs in there for folks who do enjoy music um yeah so you're choosing an action each turn acquiring cards from the market that'll build up your engine and then also performing which acquires the music cards from the market and what my favorite thing is when you perform uh your neighbors get to attend your performance if they'd like and they get inspired inspiration is the resource so they gain the inspiration resource of the tone of music that you played so if you played a really sad opera they're going to get some sadness. <laughs> they're going to get some sorrow to use. Okay, And that's my favorite part of the whole game is when people that's are really attending cool. their performances and go, Oh, that was such a passionate piece. I'm, I'm getting some passion or they'll trash talk and they'll say, I am passionately angry that you performed that because I wanted to do it, but, or something, or they'll right, say
0: right, right. I'm passionate
1: that it was garbage, but I'm inspired anyway. Um, <laughs> so it's, that's my favorite part is watching that happen and having people engage with it as if they are performing the music. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> and um, in the game, like you said, you know, it was uh, modeled after the patronage system. And that's because the game is actually historically accurate when it yes. comes to wanting to use composers. And, and when I first saw that, of course, my first fear was, uh-oh, it's just a bunch of dudes <laughs> um, <laughs> composing music. <laughs> uh because historically there were a lot of dudes um uh composing music being artists becoming ninja turtles uh as we know from their names um so uh yeah but tell me about um because this is something we we full disclosure we talked a little bit about this before we started recording and um you had some uh interesting uh some interesting uh just tell me how you got there
1: (laughs) <laughs> yes Please. so when I first um before I moved to New Zealand I was in Colorado and at the Colorado uh, game designers group um I brought the game in its first iteration and our very own Heather Newton here friend friend part of the channel family mm-hmm. yes <laughs> she um she said hmm, is this is a bunch of old dead white dudes and I was like yeah that is that's true I don't know how to fix that when that was kind of historical right at this period of time right, so we're looking right. at 1750 to 1830 the classical music the era of classical music that is called classical um which is another complicated thing but this is mm-hmm. the classical era and um and she said wisely and brilliantly uh sometimes those stories are out there they can just be harder to find mm-hmm. And I owe her a tremendous set of gratitude because I went, well, if they're out there, I want to find them. Mm -hmm. Good point, Heather. And so thus began a whole lot of research and hunting down folks because I, I didn't just want the composers to be represented, but there's the patrons um I originally had represented as as real people and and I thought well there's got to be some diversity in that too and more variety that I can find there were a lot of women that were patrons so that was helpful but um I've been able to find a lot of folks the most exciting are the big ones the the two composers that I added we have the big four which was the original that I had which is Mozart, Mm -hmm. Beethoven, Haydn, and Schubert but uh the first one I found was Mariana Martinez who was the only woman to compose a symphony in that classical era. She -hmm. was a compatriot of Mozart. She was taught by Haydn. Uh, She never married. uh, She was, uh, but she was well-known, respected um, and taught many accomplished singers. She had parties at her home where they'd come and sing and perform. So she'd have Haydn and Mozart over, you know, and so she was just this amazing independent woman who um, was accomplished and Composed in her lifetime uh, at least 200 works, but only 69 unfortunately survive today. Um, and it's crazy that it's like really cool.
0: most of us have never heard of her, right? Right, like Absolutely. friends with these with these big famous people, working with them, you know, hanging out with them, doing the same stuff, and and yet we don't hear about it. So. And
1: respected by them, she often played yeah. um, duets with um, with Mozart. Um, you know, that's like yeah. that's a big deal. So yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then searching, I went outside of that's largely um, part of my limit. There was uh, mostly around Vienna, uh, Mm -hmm. Austria, which was a big mecca for classical music. But I stretched a little bit further and then I found Joseph Boulogne, the Chevalier de Saint Georges. And he is in Paris at the same time, also composing music. Um, But he was born in Guadeloupe, um, the child of a white, wealthy. aristocrat and his mother was the aristocrat's wife's African slave. Okay. So his mother was uh, the African slave, but, but saint George the senior um, mm-hmm. wanted his son to be free and wa- gave him his title and moved them all to France where, and brought, including his, his, Saint-Georges' mother. So uh, she was yeah. also a free woman in, in France uh, because that was the law in France. So mm-hmm. he, was educated and just is a fascinating such a fascinating story that there's a movie about him right now that's out called Chevalier which wasn't happening oh, when I started yes. this process.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh is that cool? right. Yeah, I did. it's funny because I was like I've heard that last name before.
1: Yes, right. yes yes yeah he um he's so fascinating he was a violin virtuoso he was a fencer a world-renowned fencer right yeah um saw that yeah. In yeah he he john adams the president of the united states referred to him as the like there's this whole glowing quote from john adams about he's the most accomplished man in europe basically he is. he was so impressive he taught marie antoinette um and there are some, some little rumors that that may have been too close the to relationship, so that didn't last a whole long time. Uh-huh. Uh, but he did get involved in abolition and, um, and uh, fought for the French Revolution. He was in a regiment that was the first all-Black regiment in Europe. I mean, it was just, he's just fascinating, a fascinating right, figure right. in history. And so why is he so hard to find, too? I don't know. Yeah,
0: right, right. <laughs> Especially, I'm sure that it's worse when you're given an American education, like many of us right. are, like you were, right? Yeah, but That doesn't help.
1: <laughs> that does not help. <laughs> but still, I know
0: it's... that it's not always better everywhere, so...
1: And yeah, and there's a term I don't use. some Some refer to him as there's a there's a really interesting series of videos on YouTube about him um, uh, by a, an educator who does he doesn't fully address the term black Mozart that he's referred to that way, but to me, that diminishes his his own contribution. Right. Um, right. Right. It's, right. it's it, saying
0: that you're yes, you're the black version of the super famous of somebody person. else. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which, and what's right.
1: interesting is that it's it is very likely they cross paths. They were in the same uh, household in Paris uh, for a time. And there is a passage in one of Joseph Boulogne's violin pieces that is heard in one of Mozart's pieces. And it was in, it was in Boulogne's, it was in Chevalier's first. So, so it is there, and you know, Mozart was was known for just being able to know the music as soon as he heard it. It's one of his notorious, um, uh, amazing qualities. So it's, there's no doubt that he took inspiration from Joseph Boulogne. So not the other way around necessarily. I mean, they all took inspiration from each other, but. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Let's give credit where credit is due.
0: That's, that's. That's super fascinating. And, um, and I love that you did the research and really dove into that. Um, yeah, just to give good representation, like what a, what a great idea. And, um, yeah, yeah. And, and cool that you actually picked someone who now is like famous, you know, like again, (laughs) right? Like the world is, he's being revealed back to the world, uh, to us uneducated masses (laughs) who need to know more about this stuff. Right.
1: That's great, and then all the patrons are based on real people too, as I mentioned. So you don't have to know any of that stuff, but I do have educational materials on my website, and in that I include a spreadsheet that has who they all are. Mm -hmm. And I did one in my one of my educational materials. I said assign a patron to students and have them write a letter as if they were that person. Look up that person, learn about that person, and write a letter as if they were that person. You know stuff like that because there are there are all these really interesting stories out there. Right, Um, Right. Yeah, I could regale you and bore you for ages but <laughs> and,
0: and I love that I love that it started from an education standpoint of you know yeah. I want to do something that's that's educational and then it turns out that you're like I can make this super fun game you know
1: yeah the game was always it was I I, I promise it was game first
0: <laughs> right right right
1: right. But well, I have I think an that, ulterior motive in there though I, I think that a lot there. of people don't
0: you know like I mean you can they don't always think about the fact that you can educate with the theme right mm-hmm. um and yes the game needs to work with that theme right i mean i'm very big about theme informing mechanics right mm-hmm. um but like you started and said i want to make a game about composing right and engine building because obviously as you're building the um the symphony or whatever you're making right you're yeah i mean it, it all just flows together so nicely so i um yeah i think that's a really really clever way to tie that all back together
1: yeah thank you i i really like thematic um the informed mechanics as well it's been really important to me along the way and what's been interesting is as other classical music games have come out since i started this process and i'm so excited to see them every time but there's that bit of nerves right where you go oh oh right, right do i right. still have something is that this me? Is, yeah. is, 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 is it can fill its own niche and none of them have been where you are the composer and I was the kid. My dad listened to, you know, he blasted Beethoven. Is what well. we'd get in trouble in the mm-hmm. neighborhood because his ma- Beethoven was too loud, not his rock and roll. I mean, we he had some Billy Joel and stuff later, but <laughs> but there was a lot of classical music blasted in my house. So I was the kid in the living room pretending to be the conductor, right? I want to uh-huh. be yeah. the one responsible for the music. And when I watch kids kind of do that and do the little mm-hmm. conductor gestures yeah. or yeah. or that sort of thing, it's just delightful and it speaks to the kid me. So. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was really happy That's to really keep cool. going with it. That's super cool. Um, Well, tell me a little bit about, so, so you're a first time publisher with the extra, extra difficulty of the fact that you're not based on a continent. <laughs> like, you're <laughs> not based, I mean, like it would be bad enough if you were in Australia, right? Like when it comes to a distribution standpoint, I don't mean that yeah. in a negative way, other than you would, everything would be trying to kill you, but um like (laughs) shipping from australia and all that stuff is is really difficult right um europe great because you've got all the open doors and stuff to be able to send things through um back over here in the states obviously that can be tough too but you're in a place where i'm sure you're hoping that much of your market will be outside of new zealand
1: well Um, certainly much of the market on kickstarter is in north america yeah
0: right right so um yeah. And so being in, I mean, yes, because there are actually countries that can't even use Kickstarter yet. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. So, which was a, insane when I found that out, I had no idea that was the case and I probably should have known that, but, um, but you know, it, it's just, yeah. I mean, so that's just a bunch of hurdles for you to jump. Uh, I'm not trying to make it sound worse for you. <laughs> You're <laughs> probably already worried enough, but I'm sure you've also, you, you've obviously thought through this stuff. So what, I mean, Like what, what's the thought process on? Well, I guess the first question would be, what was, it's all kind of part of this. What was the thought process on, on self-publishing rather than trying to find another publisher to just pick this up and, and do the heavy lifting for you?
1: Well, my initial drive was, I don't want to form a business. I want to keep designing. I really love designing. I'm going to pitch this game out there. So that was the first process and I did and it went well. It went well. People were really kind and responsive. Um, but the concern everyone had was the theme, whether the theme would be marketable. There was a right, lot right. of music games haven't traditionally done well. That's why there's not a lot of them. Um, I had what really like the mechanics. Would you consider changing it to a fantasy theme and you're a bard? Um
0: Right, right. And you're like, Can you be a bard named (laughs) Mozart?
1: Oh my gosh. Yes, exactly. Well and that's (laughs) and that sounds almost ridiculous, but the really ridiculous one for me and and I hope he doesn't remember if he's out there, but uh, was the one who said, How about if you made it about social media influencers? no there will be no kardashians in my game no offense you're like it's basically the same
0: thing i mean for educational purposes right
1: right yeah (laughs) the kids can either get into classical music or figure out how to become a beauty influencer yeah i
0: that is i mean i i that's something we've talked about recently on an episode where another game you know there were people saying like is this the right fit for your theme and and that's a tough question but like when the whole point of your game was inspired by that theme you have to like this is something we talk about you know what you want and you have to say uh, it, it, somebody will publish this they like this game but they're going to change the theme am i okay with that and if you're not the answer has to be uh as as our friend emily would say go touch grass like you're not publishing <laughs> my game right I listened to um that <laughs> so uh so, yeah, I I think that's awesome that you. So that was that your biggest driving factor of saying, like, if you're not going to, you know, if I can't find someone to do this theme, then I don't want to do it.
1: Yeah, I had to sit and, and have the thought process of how important is that to me? And. And these are not small, tiny publishers. These are, you know, legit name publishers who have a, a catalog and have marketed. Right, and they're right, saying right. they're concerned about it. And the track record is weak. And I, and I had to, I, I value that. Uh, mm-hmm. If I'm going to start a business, I have to really consider that like they do. Uh, now, right, of course, right. they have employees and they have people who ha- they have to pay the bills for. And they have to right, meet right. a much higher minimum than I have to to make it viable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I had to think about all those things. I had to think about yeah, how important is yeah. that to me? Uh, okay. If I'm going to do this, that means I have to start a business. Am I prepared to start a business? Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to start, if I'm going to, I ended up deciding if I'm going to, I'm going to do it as if I'm going to continue because mm-hmm. yeah, I want to yeah. do it. All right. Cross all the T's, dot all the I's. That's part of why it's taken so long. Some people give me a hard time about how many right. produce meals I brought ovation to or <laughs> how long it's been. But it was because once I had to make that decision, it's a whole process. So, Um, so that in and of itself was a process, absolutely learning, uh, deciding that that's what I wanted to do. Um, that I was that committed to the classical music theme. And part of the reason was because the people like you've responded positively just in talking about it and in seeing it. And, um, and I've had lots of people I've watched, I watch a lot of content and I've, I've seen people talk about wanting more music games. And so I thought there is a market. Now, it may not be the biggest Venn diagram you've ever seen, you know, where, where there's this big central mm-hmm. section of people who are like, where's my classical music in my board game? But they're out there. So I decided I believed that, that it would be marketable. And then I will go ahead and um, form a business. So that takes time. And then you're right. Then I'm going, well, let's see, I'm an American <laughs> I, and I'm in New Zealand. What does all of that mean? Um, and, I, and I built the business in New Zealand. So because we're Mm -hmm. planning to be here long term, Um, the beautiful thing about this industry as a whole, in terms of all of these learning hurdles, is the amount of support and encouragement and the rising tide raises all boats, right? There is Mm -hmm. such a network of people who are like, absolutely, let me give you advice, let me help you, let me tell you what I learned from my experience. And that is Mm -hmm. not different here in New Zealand than it is in the U.S. It is very much the same and I have this phenomenal resource in one Mr. Shem Phillips. (laughs) Shem Phillips with Garfield Games is generous and kind and just giving of his time. I've written long emails, I've written short messages, (laughs) you know, and he's one of those people that you write a long email and then you're afraid that that people won't get every piece. No, Shem answers every piece for you so that he, he will help you figure this out. So yeah, in terms of distribution, he said Here's the answer for you, Gamerati. I said, okay, great, Gamerati. (laughs) And so I contacted Gamerati. Um, And then they source out to the um, other hubs, the other localized distributors. So I don't have to do all of that. I mean, one can do all of that, but as a first timer and getting that advice from Shem Phillips, yes, yes, Shem. (laughs) This sounds sounds good. Tell me how to do it as easily and effectively as possible.
0: And that sounds more of, like, doing it the right way, right? Of saying, like, listen, I could get these all shipped to my house, and then I could figure out how to ship them out all around the world, which would be – I mean, you would literally go broke trying to do that, right? Yeah, I mean, because yeah. because with the exception of however many cops you sell in New Zealand, literally everything is, like, over, like, 500 miles away. 500 mm-hmm. to 1,000, right? Even just because Australia is – Probably what, six, 700 miles
1: from you? Last time I looked it up, I looked it up in kilometers. So don't ask me, I get confused. Yeah, yeah.
0: You traitor, and you can't use kilometers. <laughs> that would be too logical, Kirsten. You have to use miles or some random other thing, like, you know, that doesn't, you know, anything we can do to not use the metric system, you know? It would be like 7.5 million garden rakes from Australia <laughs> to New Zealand. i made that number up it's probably not it's probably not that if it is that i'm a genius that's Um, really cool yeah yeah. (laughs) you win the game Um, uh, that's awesome that you um that you kind of went through and you know when you figured all that out you you know i I, and and so you took your time who cares right like if people are giving you a hard time about that that i mean I, I i get that right i mean we've heard some people of late on twitter saying things like oh i won't work on a game for more than you know a few weeks if i can't find somebody to buy it and that's just I'm, i think that's dumb um people can have their own opinions but like crafting a game and and giving it the care that it needs to do it the right way because that's what your your dream and your goal is is great like i try not to work in games for a super long period of time, but that's only because I know that I'll get bored with said game and then want to move on. Right. But if you have the attention span for it and the ability to do those details and do it right, that's fantastic. You know, especially when it's getting out this vision you have, um, again, that you're willing to stand up and say, this is what I want and this is how I'm going to do it. And if people aren't cool with that, then I'm not going to work with you. Um, Now, with things like the artwork is gorgeous by the way who who did the artwork for you uh
1: Zubbles is the artist that did the uh, all the character work uh mm-hmm. she's fantastic she's in the US um and she's just done such a marvelous job um i found her through one of the two graphic designers uh moo who said oh you're looking for something sort of vibrant cartoonish because i uh-huh, i, I uh-huh. didn't want stodgy this is boring no
0: no that was the right choice you Thank made for you. sure <laughs> well especially you. for kickstarter like like stodgy just i don't think stodgy plays as well on kickstarter unless it is very thematically driven mm-hmm. and well you could certainly make a thematic justification for that with the composers when you're trying to sell a game that publishers have already said hey this might be a hard sell but this theme making it bright and fun and engaging, I think automatically tells your brain, like this is an exciting new way to look at this. Right. It's not, you know, the same old stodgy way with like, you know, I I just, when I think of stodgy art, just to be clear, like I think of like most euros. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, settlers of Catan, right. The stodgiest of stodgy art. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that, but it it sets a tone. Right. And you, you, like how, like, what is the, uh, well, um, we'll get to that in a minute, but cause I want I want you to kind of do like a full on pitch for me of the game before we're done. But, um, I know we kind of got a brief overview, um, but, uh, I, like, is it, what's the, what does it play in time-wise and stuff like that?
1: Um, it's, I, I've said 40 to 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can play it less than that with, with right. for sure, because I know the game so well. Um, yep. People have played it longer than that on the first go, but it mm-hmm. seems like it's coming into a sweet spot about forty to sixty minutes. Um, That's cool. That's cool. Uh, based on player count, um, right? Yeah. So,
0: so sub art in time as well. So
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not. I'm trying to convey exactly that kind of weight. It is a little on mm-hmm. the complexity side. It's got it's, um, got a Gizmos vibe, but it's a little more complex than Gizmos. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm um so it's it could i could go either way you're right i could justify between period and and the complexity being a little higher i could I could go really beautiful, fancy schmancy, um, but right, I, I right. really was worried about that with the classical music response that I'd had, which was, yeah, that's you know, fair. people will find that dull. I'm like, but it's not dull. It can be passionate and it can be sad and it right, can be, you know, right, like, right. and that's in the game. So because that's in the game and because the 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 vibe is, especially with that attending performances, is mm-hmm. much more active than that and less yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. thinky than that, that I wanted... I wanted that energy. So when I found, uh, when Moo recommended Zubbles and I looked her up, she has sort of a a very vibrant style already and Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. kind of some 90s kind of energy. And then uh, she did a lot of queer positive, body positive. um, Love it. Lots of diversity. And I went, this Mm -hmm. is perfect. That's amazing. (laughs) You know, this is what I I, want. when, When you think
0: about the theme and then the stodginess idea of like, is it attractive to new people? So my wife works very closely with a, with a, um, a local uh, symphony orchestra. And um, uh, she, one of the consistent things that I I hear them talk about is how do we get new people, right? How do we get new people Mm -hmm. to give us a try to, to, to realize that it's not always this like, you know, stodgy old stuff, right? Like it's new, it's exciting. And, you know, um and even when we're playing old composers their you know their music is is not always what you think it is right um so that you know i think it's so fitting that you're having the same conversation in regards to a game right mm-hmm. as there as people in real life are having with an actual symphony orchestra saying um you know like how do we bring in new people it, it's funny because one of the people that we met uh, at the last event that i went to was like some fundraiser dinner thing and like she uh I met this person and he was talking about, he because he knew that I designed board games. He like, oh, I really like these games and stuff. And I immediately said to my wife, I was like, we have to tell him about this game so we can back this game because this is exactly a alley. Like he works for the orchestra and he loves board games and he loves board games like this. Like, So I'm like, this is going to be perfect for, uh, for him and his family. Like they're going to awesome. love it.
1: So awesome.
0: yeah, yeah. So... So I, I think that yeah, I think you're doing all the right stuff with that, at least for my humble opinion about it, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, another thing that's in, that's been really gratifying too is I, uh, there are I'm not a, an expert by any means. I mm-hmm, played mm-hmm. instruments when I was younger. like I said, my dad would blast. and i and beethoven is the easy go-to reference but i you know i listened to dvorak and elgar and a bunch of composers that nobody's heard of right you know uh, so i have some breadth of understanding of it as a listener and i played a bit and i you know i can read music but i didn't I, i that's not my career and profession so what's been really um a relief and gratifying is that there are folks like like um like your friend that you mentioned who have said hey i'm an educator a classical music educator and this looks Mm -hmm. so great and it looks like you've just gotten it right you know basically that reassurance that um the pros are happy with it and Mm -hmm. i've had like one of my favorite playtest stories with one of my friends here in new zealand was um at the end of it she said i don't know or care about classical music and i braced myself i went okay here goes (laughs) prepare for incoming, you know? (laughs) And she said, I love this game. And she has been, she has been like the Jamie of New Zealand in terms of (laughs) of being my champion here, like, uh, and, and just introducing it to anyone and everyone she can. So, um. So Jamie's still number one. Jamie's still, you're still my number one supporter. That's not blood related and <laughs> obligated, <laughs> but Yana is a close uh, second.
0: Um, and she's yeah. also
1: English is her second language. So it's, uh, we've had, um, I've had people, uh, a French young woman came and visited our game play test night mm-hmm. um, and she loved it and responded to it. So the folks that have had oh, English that's... as a second language and, and not musical people to begin with responding to it is fantastic. So both the, the classical music aficionados or experts and the novices who are like, whatever, I want to play a fun game. So let's hope we prove those big publishers wrong. Not that they were wrong. Mm -hmm. They know their market. They knew what they were talking about, but hopefully that, well, and and it's going well. So let's just say we did, we did a little bit prove them wrong that there is a market. It's not as big as their market, but
0: right. But, and I think, I mean, this is the beauty of Kickstarter, right? Yeah. This is what Kickstarter was made for was to really highlight games like this. I mean, I I still have a lot of respect for large companies that use Kickstarter for specialty products where, where they're able to make a game that they could only make via Kickstarter because otherwise they would go bankrupt trying to make the game, right? Yeah. And everybody can get all the fancy stuff they want and everybody else who doesn't care about it can just ignore it and everybody wins, right?
1: Yeah.
0: It's made for that. And it's made for this, you know, this type of stuff where you've got these small games with, you know, I, I like to quirky themes. And while this isn't a quirky theme, it is it is a, a different theme. Right. You know, yeah. so and I was thinking of complexity. I mean, anybody who's into music is going to tell you that the complexity of your game, I guarantee, is less than the complexity of the music <laughs> they're actually trying to learn to compose.
1: Right. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> so the tolerance for complexity on that. Is is vastly above what your game will be complexity-wise.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's definitely not having your own complexity. It's just um uh, like I said, Gizmos is a good point of reference. Um
0: Right, right. So And I weirdly here... took
1: some inspiration from it, even though I've never played it. So.
0: <laughs> right, right. So I've got one more question I would love to ask you, and then yeah. I'd just like you to give us another kind of a little meatier overview of the game, if that's cool. Yeah. Um so when you, you started working on this when you were in the States mm-hmm. surrounded by people and game designers and stuff. And, and I know that you have that in New Zealand too, but, but like, so you started this process, then you went to New Zealand and you finished this process. Like, was there ever, was it ever, I don't want to use the word lonely, but like, was it ever like isolating to go from like this huge place to, um, I'm not like bragging about America, we're awful, but um, like like, but, like, there are a lot of game designers here, right? like mm-hmm. this is kind of a huge hub of that, and then moving to a place that's far away from everyone mm-hmm. and then trying to to take this awesome product and put it out there, like was 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 that I don't know. Like isolating is the biggest word I can think of. Do you see what I'm trying to get at with this? I do.
1: And what's I know wild thats how I about would it. feel. So yeah. What's what's wild about that is right before I left, I went to the December 2019 PAX Unplugged, mm-hmm. and so I got to experience a big old con. And I'd been to Origins before as well. Before I was even designing, so I've been to a couple of cons um, and experienced them in different ways. And I'd been to Gamma, not as a designer, mm-hmm. but as somebody who worked at an FLGS. So I'd been to those cons. And I know what these great resources are like. And I'd made some connections. And then you're right. I came here in February of 2020. Gosh. <laughs> so yeah. if you want to talk about isolating, my kids were in school right. for six days. And then the entire oh world my shut gosh, down. Oh,
0: Kirsten. That's awful.
1: <laughs> the entire world closed. And we didn't do lockdowns like the U.S. did lockdowns. We did real lockdowns.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, that was real. Correct me if I'm wrong, but New Zealand supported their people and said, listen, stay home. We're going right. to take care of you so that we can be safe. Yeah, yep. that was cool. It was um, cool.
1: It was very. We were for the first time in my life. My timing was impeccable. <laughs> I got you're like, if time. we'd have been
0: here a week later, we would have not been coming here. Right? Yeah,
1: we wouldn't have. Yeah, we would have um, been in quarantine, and who knows what else? And yeah, it would have been. Oh, it would have been so. I don't want to oh think gosh, about it. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah. that that alone was extremely isolating, um, in many was... ways. And then here's the thing that's wild about. I mean, if. It's a terrible thing that happened, but it, I it know was, what you're
0: gonna say though. I was yeah, thinking the same thing. Yeah,
1: it it drove so many people online. Yeah,
0: yeah, that I so. had
1: an instant community online. It was a great big learning curve for me. I'm not. Right. I'm. I'm. I mentioned earlier some things that give away my age. I am. <laughs> I am older. I and so I'm learning new tech isn't the easiest thing in the world for me but i figured it out (laughs) but i figured it out and i found other people who were learning it too (laughs) right and like i said this community is so supportive that the people who knew it already were right there helping the rest of us so
0: that's fantastic yeah and there were i mean like because i'm good with technology but there were so many new things to learn and there were so many evangelists out there people like jamie uh and david masnato and and heather and other people who were just like let's really help people understand how to do this new stuff right um it's funny because as i started to ask you the question right when you started to answer it clicked i thought oh gosh if she went there right at the beginning of 2020 it was it was awful <laughs> and then it was great
1: because right. everyone
0: was like we're online let's it's yeah. like you never left right you yeah. didn't know you're in new zealand except for you know the the whole it's a day ahead thing yeah, um, yeah.
1: whenever we don't talk about days it so, would get confusing
0: but-, <laughs> but that's really really interesting to hear yeah. um yeah.
1: Well, yeah. and 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 Heather, like you, and all of those wonderful Spiel Online people, that was a yeah, ProtoSpiel yeah. Online was a godsend. Um, because yeah. because I had known Heather and we were friends before, um, she actually invited me to do the first ProtoSpiel Online, but I didn't, at that point, we were still in lockdown and I didn't have a new computer. And I was like, I right, don't right. know that I can manage it, but she didn't forget me. Um, mm-hmm. And so she asked me for the next one, which was the not by invite one, but it was the more public one. And, right, um, right. and said, hey, I need... I want to do this 24 hours. You're in a weird time zone. Would you like to do some of the overnight North America shifts? I'm like, absolutely. Right, i like don't, sign it, me up. I'm so, but I'm so green. Do I qualify as a moderator? And she's like, absolutely, right? So- but it's it, got the personality wild,
0: for it you'll I be fine feel
1: like I, yeah i feel like I, and that's partly how um I, I forever ashwin when he pops in i'm like i have to say hi ashwin because every time he'd pop in i was greeting him he'd be, or he'd come on and go hi here so i know you're gonna greet me yeah, yes i am gonna greet you <laughs> <laughs> so it's oh, kind of our funny. thing our little jam but um but yeah the uh being able to moderate and and it's funny how i feel like i've i've grown so much this last mm-hmm. one i was able to talk to somebody who had just gotten feedback and was feeling kind of lost with i don't know what to do from here and i got to That's talk tough. with him like somebody who was there but yep. has gotten past there. And, yeah. and it's not like I feel like I'm so sage and wise. <laughs> it's just we're all do- doing no, it in our own process. It, right? right, but it's it it so takes. good yeah. to do that for somebody else when others have been had been doing that for me. So it's wild how much I've grown and. Spiel online and 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 over the time that i've been yeah working on and of course i do it more gay i've got more games designed now and right. none of them right. i'm that committed to the theme on as i am to this one it just right. was this was my dream so uh so yeah it's been that has been a godsend i still get sad and jealous when all of you are at origins and i'm going oh i wish i was hugging you all but
0: <laughs> i know i know you were not one of those people that i was like oh <laughs> Well, I can't Kirsten be here. I mean, I know, <laughs> logistically, because a million dollars to buy a plane ticket back and
1: forth. Yeah, and this year and that, that one- would be the,
0: jet-lagged the entire
1: time. <laughs> right, and this year that trip home is for my daughter's wedding, so so That's it's fair. committed, it's committed. I um, guess
0: Origins, you could could she not have been kind and planned it around Origins? Right, or oh, nice better
1: get Pax Unplugged, because when I went to Pax Unplugged, I went to her place first, and we went to escape nice, rooms, and then I nice. went to Pax Unplugged, and I went back to her place, right, and we did more escape right. rooms, and then I went home. <laughs> <laughs> Cause awesome. we love escape rooms, but, um, but yeah, awesome. uh, that, that, if not for that, I don't know what I would have done, but then um, as, as we noted uh, game artisans of New Zealand is the group here. So I was able to find that group and there's an annual, it's been a little sporadic, but it's, it's going to be an annual <laughs> stop COVID, mm-hmm. stop messing with it An annual retreat. And that, cool. at the time I went to the first one, it was Shem was there and Bobby Hill was there. Bobby's, um, if people aren't familiar, he's the designer of Hadrian's Wall that oh, Garfield cool. produced, yeah. and he was on the hotness right, right at that point. His Hadrian's Wall was on the hotness, BGG hotness, nice. and I immediately formed a bond with Bobby. He's just so nice, and we're of the mm-hmm. same age. We're both expats, but he's from Britain. But we're of the same age. We have a son of the same age, and I just bonded with Bobby. And I'm like, you couldn't, you wouldn't know that he was on the BGG hotness. He didn't come in like let me tell you how to design right. a game, you know, right, <laughs> just right, right. and Shem to Shem brought box, a huge box of components and would take bits, take stuff and create cool. with it. And everybody was so marvelous that, um, so we yeah. do have that. We do. Have, and, and, and actually for a while there, I deserve some jealousy because for a while there, when we were, we, since we did the real lockdowns, we were out of them sooner and able to live more <laughs> of a normal life. And so what? I was, I was talking to people who were, staying home all the time and going, Oh yeah, I went to this play test or to this retreat and everybody's going, what? So, Mm -hmm. so it's, it's my turn to be jealous for a little while. It's okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: That's fair. Yeah. Well, Hey, uh, before we go here, I would really love it if you could just give us a little meatier version of, Exactly what to expect in an Ovation and, uh, and then tell them how to find it on Kickstarter, too. Don't forget that.
1: Yes. Okay. Um, so uh, in Ovation, you are going to become the great composer. Uh, you mm-hmm. are not the patron. You are not um, somebody who's working after the, the, the composer. You are the composer. And so you're going to be working to build your legacy. Um, and if you start out really simply by you can do one action per turn. And you're always going to do one action per turn, but that action's pretty simple at the beginning until you work up your experience and you're going to tuck cards underneath your player board. And that, those every action, you're a little bit better at it because you've, you've been working at this for a while. And so um, you can fire off your engine. But in order to do that, what are, what are we doing as composers? We're performing great works of music. So in order to mm-hmm. be able to unlock your engine, you've got to perform those great works of music. And that's when your neighbors can attend and give you a ticket to see your, see your concert. Um, And that's, like I said, one of my favorite parts. But another favorite part is when you perform, you get those little music notes. And those mutants notes lets you combo off of that little engine. And that's really fun to do as you build up your engine and you go, then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to perform. And, it, yeah. and it's really satisfying. So, and then it's uh, because of there's that attendance uh, element, there's also a little bit of competition for the cards on the table and there's public goals, the maestro. So you want to become a maestro and attain that public goal. So there is some interaction. I didn't want it to be totally, uh isolated we're doing multiplayer solo solo game right yeah yeah so you are competing competing for those goals and so once you once a certain number of those goals are gone you're going to total up and see who has the greatest legacy of all at the end of the game and hopefully you've had a great time and you can talk about that opera and that symphony and Mm -hmm. how sad it was or (laughs) how tragic yeah
0: (laughs) and uh what's the player count
1: it is one to four so there's a solo, there's nice. a solo mode, yes. Nice. A solo mode with a rival. Uh, we're working on uh, that. I've got it with some content creators to get some more feedback on that, and um, that's fantastic. Some content on it, yeah. And David Digby did that. David Digby is fantastic. He did Tenner's Trail and. Um, uh, distilled, I think, and some and some other. He's done oh, a lot cool. with Alley Cat. So, uh, because yeah, I'm not yeah. a solo gamer and not experienced it solo, I wanted. I, right. I didn't want to tack right. something on. I wanted to get it right. So I went to a pro.
0: That's awesome. Good. Good on you to yeah. do it
1: that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's live on Kickstarter right now. Kickstarter. Yeah, and, and Looking Glass. It'll be stuff. there for oh, there I think
0: sense. still almost another week or so after you hear this podcast. Uh, yeah. on July 10th, or, our July 10th. Uh, but I encourage you to check it out. I. I was one of the first backers for sure. I I had somehow missed hearing much about it. And then it came up in one of our weekly meetups and I was like, oh my gosh, like this looks fantastic. And then I was like, you got to come talk about this. So I'm glad we finally were able to work it out. (laughs) Get you on the show so we can chat about it.
1: And I got to shout out Um, John Merchant. I didn't mention him when you say it looks fantastic. John Merchant is the other the other graphic designer. Nice. nice. Done a phenomenal job. And he actually also did the art for the all the instruments are John. So that beautiful grand piano is John. And I yeah, I was talking to another publisher, um, and he said I was talking to John Merchant today, and I just interrupted him shouting, "I love John!" (laughs) (laughs) And of course, I told John about that. <laughs> right, and John, and I have awesome. coined now. um Whenever I give him something to turn pretty, I I say, "Make it, can you Johnify this? <laughs> Is it jonify? <laughs> so that's our thing. <laughs> that's fantastic. So Excellent. shout out well, to a great team. That looks great because not because I didn't make it look great. I did the design, right, but right. A wonderful, talented people right. made it look great. <laughs> um, I
0: love it. I love it. Well. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for the work you did too on this game and, uh, and putting something like this out there. I think it's fantastic. We need, we need people like you in the community doing stuff like this. So
1: thank you. I love it. Thank you. Um, Encouraged by the community. So it's a great community. Glad to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, well, Hey listeners, I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I know I, I learned a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. And, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can of course go to building the Uh, there you can find a link to our discord, which is the single best way to keep in touch with us. You can find us. Uh, you can email us building the at gmail.com. Uh, for at least the time being, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, we are at podcast I am at J a Slingerland and Kirsten is at looking glass WS, which is looking glass workshop. Um, and of course, you can keep coming back every single week. But until next time, good night. Good night. Building the game
1: with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game isn't in friends. With Jason
0: and friends. Dial seven seven zero. Tell BTG, please don't use the email.